Hit it, Phil. Can it be the breeze that fills the trees with rare and magic perfume? Oh, no. It isn't the breeze. It's Jackson time. La, da, da, da. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. I am joined by Kathy Fuller Seeley and John Henderson. Hello. And hello. <laughs> we, we are here. And John's outside. That's kind of nice. It's a beautiful summer day. That's what it looks like. That's fantastic. And I'm wearing my summer shirt, though it's raining outside, but hey, what the heck. Uh, because this is our Jack Benny special summer. Come on. Uh, anyway, today's episode is uh, a unique one because it is the Royal Variety performance. And Jack's in it. And George Burns is in it. And Sammy Davis Jr. is in it. Uh, plus a lot of other folks. And Morris Chevalier is in it. Um it's been posted before by lots of people, but it's all been broken up into pieces. So it's, it was all over the place. So I just took all the pieces out there. Not even the same person. It's like a bunch of different people posted this. So I took all the pieces, tried to figure out how they go back together again. Uh, I figured out the end. So the last, I don't know, four or five acts are correct in order. After that, it's piecemeal, and uh, I just did it like a Benny fan I thought would like it. So I have Jack Benny opening the show. Then there's one act to give him time to get dressed up, because then he does the next bit he does is with George Burns. And then they come out, and uh, he and George Burns do their bit together, where he's playing Gracie like he's done many times in the past. And uh, uh, so I thought, okay, he's going to have to have time to get ready for that. wouldn't just be who walks off stage and walks right back on with with George Burns, because unless he's a quick change artist or something. So so that kind of made sense. And then the rest of it, who knows? The middle part is anybody's guess. And so I just kind of threw it together the way it kind of made sense. But it'll be neat kind of seeing this all put together again. There are missing pieces. Uh, Max Bygraves was on here. And I looked and I couldn't find Max Bygraves' part. Um, I'm going to take another glance out there just to see, because I, I don't know if I searched specifically for George Burns. So I'm thinking if Jack had a solo piece, probably George Burns had a solo piece too. I doubt he would just come on and just do this bit with Jack, but maybe he would. I don't know. Because um, it could have been that they were both booked to do it. And then he called Jack up and said, why don't we do our bit? And he's like, Jack, I'm sure Jack would be game for it. So um, Jack seems to love dressing up like a woman sometimes. So there you go. <laughs> anyway. Um, let's just go around and see what folks kind of thought of this. This is from 1961. And, uh, oh, and for folks uh, tuning in, this is going to be the closest to live we've ever had because we're recording this and, and we're, it's supposed to be put out there tomorrow. So um, it'll be on, if you're looking at us on, if you're listening to us, come to us on Spotify and you could actually watch it on Spotify. I know what you're saying. You're like, Spotify, they don't even do full videos. When you watch a video of someone, they're like, just take a little clip. But for podcasting, they let us do entire episodes in video format, which is great. So so anyway, so our, our all of our video stuff is always on Spotify. And then a week later, I post it to YouTube. So if you if you like watching on YouTube better, that's fine. You're just going to have to wait a week. So if you want it early, get on to Spotify. Because I have all of, uh, I think, 57 uh, folks that, that, that are viewing regularly our our followers or whatever so uh you know and and on my jack benny one i think i have four thousand followers or something <laughs> so, so we could use more followers on spotify come on over uh anyway let's go around and see what folks thought of this one 
let's go with uh, John first. John, what uh, what stuck out to you, or what did what did you like about this thing? Um, oh, before John starts talking, let me yeah. take one thing. Uh, John and Terry Phillips and I already talked about. We presented just Jack's opening bit uh, before, and we talked about it and spent a while talking about it. And I love having whenever we can have Terry come in, even if it's old Terry from a year ago or two years ago. Um, so, so I'm gonna we're gonna do this intro. We'll go, and then we'll switch over to that intro. And and that will be talking specifically about the Jack Benny bit. So we won't talk too much about Benny's own bit, but we didn't talk about Benny and Burns and Allen, Benny playing with Burns and Allen anyway. So uh, now let's go to John. John, go. Ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I I had seen the Jack Benny part before, which is cool to see, like a you know a little part of Jack Benny. Uh, but I think it's really neat that you were able to like go through and like a detective find all these different pieces and put it together. So you get an idea of maybe what the whole performance was like. That, so that's pretty cool. You know, Sammy Davis Jr. is always a great entertainer. And uh, Maurice Chevalier, I just watched the movie In Search of the Castaways with my kids. It's a Disney movie. And Maurice Chevalier is sort of the, the lead, the star. And my, my daughter just thought he was the most hilarious character in that movie. And that is just like a year after this. He's probably practically filming it at this point so wow. yeah yeah it's interesting to how everything sort of fits together and uh, you see all these different pieces uh with as a jack benny fan with jack benny and george burns they've done this bit before and i'm sure kathy will tell us more about that i would say this one i don't know he doesn't have the impression as spot on as he has in the past i feel like he's sort of phoning in and or he's done it so many times that it's just like it's just almost like uh, a thing that he does rather than he's like embodying the character. Uh, but, you know, it's pretty interesting and amazing that he's been doing the same bit for so long and it still works and the audience is loving it. Yep. yep. Well, also, you're getting a little further away from because uh, because. Uh, Burns wasn't doing this with his wife. I mean, they she'd retired right. in 58. So this is like four years after that or something. And and so, which is kind of nice, I would assume, because you get to see a uh, a flavor, a style of of, of, uh, of work with, with George that you haven't seen in a number of years. So, so that's probably kind of nice, I would think, for George to revisit that every once in a while. But uh, anyway, Kathy, what were your thoughts on it? Well, um, thank you for um, uh, putting it all together and digging up because I'd never seen any of it before. So it was yeah. new to me and I was really impressed. And I don't know if this is just the way that the BBC, how it was shot and filmed or the theater seemed pretty intimate. So not like a 5,000, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. because Jack coming out and doing that first routine, it sounds like you're in the room with him. It doesn't mm -hmm. sound like he's on this cavernous stage in front of thousands and thousands. So I I, I thought that was quite interesting uh, and uh, appreciated that. I agree with you all that, that this version of the Gracie Benny routine is just uh, uh, the most sort of quiet a uh, 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 least sort of frenetic or the excitement of, oh, he's dressing up, he's doing this perfect Gracie Allen imitation. So uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. I've read something about a review of the show and it was either this um, episode, either this annual version or like one right afterwards 
uh, one soon afterwards where the queen mother shows up at the end to say, you know, thank you for having been at the performance. And they'd worked in a joke that said something, ma'am, ma'am, um, your car, the, the police say your car is in the way. And someone off stage throws keys onto the stage as if the performers now, you know, the queen mom had thrown her keys, keys. <laughs> onto the stage for the performer to go take it away. And that for the, for the Brits made them laugh a whole lot. So um, I would think so. <laughs> well, we do get a chance to see her at least in this because at the end, she kind of waves and they kind of show her. Um, it was one of those things that was one, that was one of the trickiest parts of this thing when I was putting it together because uh, It'd be, a, it'd be a part that you want people to see. So a couple different people had attached it in different places. And I was like, okay, where does it go? But there was enough of a clue of what they were saying that I could figure out which one was the pasted on one and which was the one where it really belonged. So, so I figured that out. Like I say, the last part of this is all correct. Um, the other thing I was just thinking as you guys were mentioning this and as we're talking, Jack is famous, well, famous within his fan base to often joke or or comment on the fact that he wanted to practice wanted a rehearsal and would say oh you see why we need a rehearsal because something would get muffed up or something i'm starting to think as i listen to more jack and get more of this going maybe jack didn't only want the rehearsal for his folks but he might have wanted the rehearsal for himself because maybe it makes himself tired my impression with this is maybe that he and George had done this so many times that they just went with it without a rehearsal. And Jack just thought, oh, I'll pull this off. This will be fine. Mm -hmm. But because I've done this so many years, but I'm willing to bet it's been a big gap that they haven't done it. I know they did it right. a lot early on. And then they did it on Jack's show twice, but twice within a like a two-year period. Yeah. And then it's this is seven, eight years later than that. If they haven't touched it since then, and Jack comes in, even if he's done it 10, 15 times, maybe with, with him over, but they were all in the early 50s, I can see how you'd be like, oh, sure, we can do that. We can pull that, we can pull that off him anytime. But then you realize, oh my goodness, I'm getting older and I can't remember and can't. That's so why you're almost thinking about the lines and thinking about what I'm supposed to say. And that stops you from from giving a full blown performance because you're not you, you maybe haven't rehearsed it maybe they maybe they didn't. Um, it also wouldn't surprise me at all if if this was kind of a last minute thing where he told Jack, "Oh, bring your bring your stuff to 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 be Gracie, you know, and we'll do that." But who knows when they both flew in and got there and all of that? So maybe they didn't have time for rehearsal either. So. So that yeah. and you know what contributing piece. He didn't know. crash and burn. Like no. it was a fine yeah. performance. So yeah. Yeah. we're we're just so used to like this high high level that, that yes. this is like oh it's just slightly lower. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, with Jack, you're just so used to perfection that you just are like are like something seems a little off. You know, I don't know. But I will say his his uh, solo piece that he does with the stand-up comedy, I, I mean, I remember John and I, and I went back and listened to our discussion of it. I mean, we were just blown away because we hadn't seen Jack do just sort of straight stand-up and to see him do that and be so like effortless and just seem 
Well, like I, I've been watching uh, a lot of comics lately, n- new comics doing their bits. And uh, some of them, the, 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 mo- the ones that folks find really interesting are the ones that almost don't seem to have an act. They sort of just come out and just talk to the audience and it goes back and forth and they make things up on the spot. And that's sort of, I mean, Jack's not really talking to the audience, but it's seeming like it's almost a stream of consciousness thing that he does. That's just really good. It really seems like you just don't feel like, oh, here's a practice bit that he's throwing out there. You feel like, oh, he's doing something and it almost feels spontaneous and it's not. That that is a great point, Daryl. And if you just compare and contrast um, Benny with Maurice Chevalier, Maurice Chevalier will just stand there, and to me, it looks like he's just radiating Mister Show business. Yes, you know. So uh, I, I can't imagine Maurice being as as sort of quiet and intimate and and things like that. So it, they make great bookends. It really does. It, they, they're wonderful that way. Um, and there's a lot. Of, I, I love the Maguire sisters' performance in this. It's that's fun. I almost didn't have that one. It wasn't. I, I didn't. I, I started reading about it, and then I, I thought I'd check, and so I looked, and it wasn't easy to find. It was a little trickier, but I put the year and I put like the performance and the whole thing, and and in a list of things, there it was, and I was like, oh, that's what I want. So I'm glad I was able to get that piece because it it if it was missing our last. It, it was a bit of that last piece, that last four acts or something that that I, that we have definitely correct as it goes. Because someone before that, right at the end of their bit, which wouldn't have made a lot of sense if we wouldn't have included McGuire sisters, say, like, they do a countdown sort of thing, I think, like three, two, one, and it's the McGuire sisters, and then that would be nothing, right? But, it, but I was able to cut it. It was great because it had that, and I had a little overlap between that and the, and the, and the actual performance. So I was like, okay, where do I cut this? And so I tried to cut it, it came out just about right where it's like, and the McGuire sisters. And then you can tell there's a little bit of a, a, of a flickering of the of the video, but then the curtain opens and there they come out and it, and it's like almost seamless. And so I was really proud of myself with that. So there you go, some good editing. Anyway, I hope you guys all enjoy this whole thing. And uh, anything else to point out about this one or is that covered pretty well? Well, I think we'll go a little deeper with uh, Terry. Yes, yes, I think so too. All right, so uh, enjoy us. We're, we're John and I will be right back with Terry, and uh, I'll go from amazingly, I'll go from clean shaven to a full beard uh, instantly. I think John stays the same. I think I, he, he's got a beard in between, but I think he's back to no beard. So it's like perfect timing for John. He's just going to change his shirt, and maybe not even that. I don't know. We should have figured that out and had you wear the same shirt. That would have been great. Anyway, all right. See you folks all later. I hope you're enjoying our, our summer with Jack Benny. We sure are enjoying bringing it to you, and it's um, just fun stuff to do and fun stuff to bring together. And and I don't think anyone's ever presented it like we are chronologically. And so it's 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 a lot of it's a good time. So see you all next time. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Uh, we continue our world travels with Jack Benny, and uh, we have our friends John Henderson with us today from This Day in Jack Benny. We also have our friend Terry Phillips here from hello. Imagine Air Theater. But it's um, it's just charming to see him do just kind of his stand-up and how well it works. I laughed out li- loud at a decent amount of this. Um, we, we're not going to give you know too much away because I don't want to give much away but there's uh one of the funniest bits 
that I've seen is is the violin bit that that happens in here is just outstanding and just a payoff for anybody who's enjoyed Jack for many years will just love it. It's one of those bits that if you were watching this, this is not the first thing to watch if you're going to catch Jack for the first time. It, it really plays on the history of of what we know about Jack and everything. But uh, what just a wonderful piece. I I've been having an argument online lately about Jack Benny. They they had somebody put out a list of all the top um, uh, stand-up comedians, right, of all time. And somebody was arguing that Jack should have been on the list and he wasn't on the list or he was too low on the list or something like that. And I just, I did a little argument saying, you know, stand-up wasn't Jack's biggest thing. I said, he's really, I mean, if you were going to list the great comedians, <clears throat> you know, or the great talents in comedy, he should be right there at the top five. But as far as stand-up, you know, I, I don't think of it, but this does show you that how strong his stand-up was and it, and it was charming. So uh, let's go over to Terry first. Terry, what do you, what do you think about this? What stood out? The, uh, this was the Royal Variety performance. Um, mm -hmm. The whole show lasted two hours and 22 minutes. It was a command performance. Queen Elizabeth was there. Yes, the same Queen Elizabeth who's <laughs> on, the, on the throne as we we're speaking. Um, but th uh, the bill included uh, George Burns, Sammy Davis Jr., Shirley Bassey, Maurice Chevalier, lots of absolutely top names from that time. And I agree with you, Daryl. This was Jack Benny at his best in a way that we don't usually think of Jack as a, as a stand-up. Uh, there's, um, there's one reference that some of our younger uh, listeners or viewers might not get, and it's a reference to somebody named Van Gogh. <laughs> Van Gogh was, was famous, among other things, for having uh, cut off an ear. And so if you don't know that, one of Jack's jokes might not land for right. you, but that's just a minor thing. What's more important to me in this brief um, clip is the thing that Jack is, I think, most appreciated for among comedians, which is his timing. You hang on every line, on every nuance, on, on every turn. And, and it's so deliberate, it's so slow, and it's so funny. Yep. For me, when he was holding a violin in his hand and about to play, and then stopping and talking, and then about to play again. I just, it, it, to me, it is one of the great performances with, with talents that I don't know of any comic today, right, or maybe ever, could pull off. Right. And yet, it feels so casual, the way he presents it. It's like, it's like he doesn't have a bit, but he does have a bit. It's hard to explain. You just got to watch it and see this, but it's it's like no one else you'll ever see. And it's short. It's ten minutes, and it but it's ten minutes of delight and ten minutes of yet another facet to this wonderful comedian that we love so much. And there's one last thing I want to say about Jack Benny, which is his universality. This yes. was this was recorded, performed uh, in front of an audience in London, England, and yet everything he said landed with them. Now. It is true that the British and other people know a lot about American culture. And Jack Benny was already, you know, world famous. Yeah. And yet they got every joke. 
and it wasn't like he was particularly tailoring it for a, a British audience. It's just that he was universal in his appeal. Well, and I love the part, uh, I'll just give away, this is not much, but just the fact that he was there in 49 and talks about how uh, they demanded that he come back. So, you know, or whatever. It, 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 the joke is, that, yeah, because it, it's been a long time since he's been back there, but, but he plays it up really well. Uh, anyway, John, what, what are your thoughts on it? Well, it's interesting to hear the old radio show where he comes back from England and he talks about playing the Orpheum, how the audiences were, how he did, you know, talking about his live performances. And I've always been like, oh, I wish I could see one of those live performances or at least hear one and i've looked to see if i can find any you know recordings of live performances and i had never been able to so it was great when you came with this and here is you know a chunk of performance of him on stage at the orpheum so i thought it was really interesting and to like to sort of overlay that on top of you know those parts of the radio show is really interesting uh it was you know when i when i imagined it especially the way that he described it uh it's always so i don't know i guess my my imagination was different than this this was more real like the jack benny that we've seen already and i'm like duh of course it's jack benny so yeah. i should have known i'm not gonna change entirely <laughs> <laughs> he starts delivering lines like, like bob hope <laughs> that would be hilarious but no he did yeah, I do think it's an interesting question of Jack Benny as a stand-up comedian, because we've seen him on his television show doing some monologues and doing some straight jokes. And it's like, you know, we can see what are his strengths, which is like the, the pauses, the looks and things like that. And maybe some of his jokes are a bit predictable uh, on the television show, mm -hmm. but that's probably because he's got writers who are trying to, you know, pump out content, especially by the end of the run. Sure. Whereas this, I think, He's probably got a number of um, bits that he saves for his live performances. And so he's able to hone them like a stand-up comedian would if yes. he's going from town to town. So, yeah, I thought this was a great, great, you know, sort of snippet of what Jack Benny's like on stage. John, I'm so glad you used the term casual because maybe more than his timing, that's what Jack's appeal was. It was it was like he was just talking to you. Mm -hmm. He wasn't he wasn't reading scripted material, even though I'm sure this was very carefully crafted, but yeah. it just seemed so natural. Even to the point of the ending. I don't I won't say anything about the ending other than that it was unique. Yeah. And and believable. It was just I mean, there aren't very many comics you can say uh, have a perfect set. This was a perfect set. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, if you, you think with Jack, if you got 10 minutes, boy, he should be able to do a pretty honed piece for 10 <laughs> yeah. minutes. I mean, the guy's been presenting for years and years and years. But uh, just for the audience, but also for you two gentlemen, uh, I, I think you're going to be interested because one of the trips we're going to take, most of the trips we're going to take as we travel the world with Jack are going to be his episodes that were designed to be his tour of the world sort of thing. But I thought we'd, we've also been throwing in things like today's thing that that's performing somewhere, but it's not part of the actual show. This is just something different. Well, there's a whole um, presentation that he did in Australia 
that's that is very much more the stand-up sort of thing mixed in with uh, it's a whole um, special that he essentially does for Australia. And so we're going to be presenting that one during this run. And I think that one will be especially interesting to people because it's yet another kind of different um, piece that you're not used to seeing. So something to look forward to. Anyway, without further ado, let's let them enjoy these 10 minutes with Jack after enjoying these whatever 15 or 20 minutes with us. (laughs) Believe me, his 10 minutes are better than what we just did. (laughs) So don't turn it off now, please. (laughs) We'll see y'all next time. Thanks so much, Dan. I'm not going to be that good, really. I... <laughs> Thank you very, very much, ladies and gentlemen. I, um... My God, he looks so much younger on television. <laughs> I guessed it, didn't I, when I walked out? But I, um, I want to say that I'm really very, very happy to be here for the uh, Royal Variety Show, and I feel that this is a sort of a return engagement for me. You see, I was here for this same show, for the Royal Show in 1949, and I um, was such a big hit. (laughs) That they brought me right back again. Twelve years later, you see? <laughs> I, um, fortunately, I've had other work in between, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't depend on this entirely for a living or anything, you know? <laughs> you know, I'm in television and I do concerts and uh, benefits and things like that. And I, um, but anyway, here I am again. Of course, this may mean nothing to you, but the Prudential Life Insurance Company is thrilled at this thing. uh... But I, um, you know, I must tell you, Friday, we arrived Friday and I was met at the airport by Mr. Incidentally, I wasn't introduced when I first came on, so those of you who do not recognize me, I'm Bob Hope, you see? (laughs) But I, um... I know, I know he's in town, I thought I'd take advantage of it. But I, um, when I arrived Friday, I was met at the airport by Mr. Delfont, who ha- is in charge of this show. And before he even said hello, he walked right over to me, I got off the plane, and he said, Jack, it's a very long show and you'll do eight minutes. <laughs> then as we synchronized our watches, <laughs> He said, did you have a nice trip? (laughs) And I said, yes. And imagine six, I flew 8,000 miles practically to do six or 
eight minutes. Eight minutes, he allowed me. It was eight minutes. That was it. And he, um, of course, I can't understand. I was here, uh, uh, when I was here in 1949, they allowed me 35 minutes, you see. But of course, that was for landing, doing my act, <laughs> and getting out of England at this time. This I couldn't figure out at all because my great-great-great-grandfather was a British hero, you know. His name was Benedict Arnold. And um, we don't talk very, very much about him at home. But I must tell you, I have a doctor here. I'm not changing the subject or anything. It's about my arrival. But I have a doctor here in London who is one of my closest friends. And we've been friends for many, many years. And although we do not see each other often, we write to each other, correspond. And he worries about me a lot, this doctor here. And I'm not going to mention his name, first place. It's not ethical, you know. And then in England, I wouldn't save anything anyway. <laughs> but I... Um, <laughs> but I... Um, he worries about me. He thinks that at my age, now that I'm working too hard. And he, said, and he said, I can't understand you, Jack. You, here you fly all over the country, you're getting older. It's time to sort of, you know, take it easy now. And, uh, you know, you're doing television shows every week. And you never did that before. And you're playing nightclubs and all. This. He says, why? He says, why do you do that? He says, surely it can't be the money. Now, there's a man who is a brilliant surgeon. <laughs> but the minute you take off his rubber gloves, he's an idiot. You know? <laughs> uh, may I have my violin, please? Well, that's their opinion, you know, you could <laughs> want about it. Mr. Collins, could I have a violin? Well, thank you very, very much. <laughs> and I'd like to play my theme. You know, I must say that I, I'm a little bit nervous tonight. I don't know whether you can notice it. If my wife were here, she would notice it. And, and a funny thing, I'm only nervous uh, because I'm never nervous where I should be in television, you know, where I, it's, where it's really my livelihood. And here, for some reason, I'm a wreck, you know, and I, I don't know, I'm doing it for nothing, you know, this whole thing. I don't know, maybe, maybe that's what's making me nervous. I don't know. But I, um, I guess the reason when I do, because I have done the command show, as I said before, and also a midnight show, The Night of a Thousand Stars, and the reason I'm nervous is because, well, when I'm out here in, you know, in front of an audience and I'm surrounded by so many British stars, you know, I feel so unimportant at that time. It's like being stranded on an island with Marilyn Monroe 
and a boyfriend. You know, you have a feeling you're not needed. You know, and this thing, I... Grab A, please. You know, I have been referred to, by the way, as the Van Gogh of the violinist. Because during my last concert, I was playing Mendelssohn, and a woman got up in the middle of the house and said, my God, he's lost his ear, you know, in this thing, and that's how I... <laughs> We'll play, and you know, I was so, oh, I must tell you, just one more thing, and then we'll play. Have I got just a half a minute? I must tell you, you know, Maurice Chevalier is on the show, and we're very good friends. So I thought, here's a chance he's coming back to um, uh, America pretty soon, you see. So I thought I'd ask him if he'd be a guest on my show. And he said he'd like to, and I told him it's a half-hour show. I don't pay too much for these things, you see. And I asked him what he wanted for about five minutes as a guest. And without hesitating, he looked at me and he said he wanted $7,500. This is for five minutes, you know. So I just stared at him. I mean, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't bat an eye or move a muscle or anything. I believe they call it temporary paralysis. <laughs> But anyway, let's play our, our theme song. Dave, why, why did the art, why did you stop? Oh, oh, I see. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. There you Thank you. Thank you very, very much. I've been trying to think all day of the sort of one sort of way of describing our next star. I think the only word is fabulous because it's fabulous Shirley Bassey. along. Oh boy, 
Gracie. Gracie, say hello. Hello. You look, uh, you look very pretty tonight. Well, that's because I just came from the beauty shop at the oh. Dorchester. And George, while I was there, I heard the funniest joke. <laughs> it had everybody dying laughing, you know. Would you like to hear it? Oh, we'd love it. All of us would love to hear it. All right. The, um... <laughs> this uh, one fellow said to the other fellow, if you don't think so, brother, you ought to see my wife. Is that the whole joke? Well, there was some other stuff up ahead of it that I didn't hear, but that's... By the way, Gracie... That's the line that had everybody, everybody dying, dying laughing. laughing. How, was your, how was your brother? Which one? The tall one? The tall one, Willie. The one, the one with the scar on his neck. Oh, the uh, the appendicitis scar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> appendicitis is on the stomach. You see, appendicitis is down here. I know, but you see, Willie was so ticklish they had that operate. they had to operate. <laughs> how is how is Willie? Hmm. I said, how is Willie? Willie? Willie. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Well, Willie, Willie broke his back, you know. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Broke his back? Mm -hmm. On account of his left-handed. Broke it on account of his left-handed? Yeah, you see, he had a donut in his right-hand pocket, and when he tried to get it out with his left hand... He broke his back? Yeah. Well, the next time he's got a donut in his right-hand pocket, tell him to try to take it out with his right hand. Well, that's hard to do when you got your pants on backwards. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He had his pants on backwards? Yeah, you see, Willie bought a suit with two pair of pants, uh -huh. see? And he wore one pair frontwards and one pair backwards. So that he could go either way, I yes, guess. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's when the truck hit him. The truck? What truck? The truck that didn't have its lights lit. Well, why didn't the truck have its lights lit? Because he had his pants now, on. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> did the man in the truck have his pants on backwards, or did Willie have his pants on backwards? Oh, George, you're trying to confuse me. Yes, I'm me. confusing you. But the fellow in the truck, why didn't he have his lights lit? Because it was in the daytime. He didn't have to. <laughs> well, if it was in the daytime, didn't he see Willie coming? Oh, he didn't know it was my brother. He just saw two pair of pants coming towards him, so he drove, drove between right him. between them, yes. Gracie, this, uh, this family of yours, do you all live together? Well, my, my brother and my uncle, my cousin, and my nephew, they all sleep in one bed, you know. I'm surprised your grandfather isn't sleeping with them. Oh, he did, but he died, so they made him get up. <laughs> That's the cue. Stop. Uh, Gracie, is your sister Bessie in London with you? No, no, Bessie couldn't come because she had to stay home on account of her canary 
is hatching an ostrich egg, you know? The canary is hatching an ostrich egg? Yeah, but the canary, yeah. you see, was too small to cover the egg. So? So, Bessie had to sit on the, the egg, egg and hold the canary, canary in her lap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, music. Um, how was um, how was Bessie feeling? Well, she's all, but the other night, oh, a terrible thing happened oh. to Bessie. She woke up in the middle of the night and she let out the most awful scream. Well, what uh, what happened? Well, when she woke up, she looked down and her feet all turned black. You well, see? what did you do? Oh, what could we do? We we sent for the doctor. You know? And what did the doctor do? He took off her stockings and we all went back to sleep again. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Stop. Is, uh, is, is Bessie happily married? Yes, yeah, she has eight sets of twins. Yeah. Eight sets of twins? Mm hmm You see, her husband makes bookends for a living. I see. And it affected their, their whole, whole lives. Yeah. Music. <laughs> to do a little more, but we're not prepared. I am. Uh, <laughs> you see, they, um, they told us that we can only see, do, I could do about some more or eight minutes. Brother Willie was here, but we're trying to keep here, it down so to that just time. can't do anymore. And uh, we really have another routine, myself, but, you know, my advice is that we don't do it Willie. because it's sort of a long show. Willie was held up, you know, and, uh, held up by two men. And um, I don't want to go into this at all because I know that there's some wonderful people coming on. Two men. Two men held up Willie. Two men. Two. Mm -hmm. two men. Mm -hmm. Your brother, uh -huh. Willie, uh -huh. was held up uh -huh. by two men. Mm -hmm. Where? All the way home. <laughs> what, is your, what, what does Willie's wife think of, of, of Willie's drinking? Willie's wife? Yeah. Oh, you mean Rover? Her name is... Her name is Rover? Yes, you see, when she was a little girl... Yes. You see? They moved and they used to live across the street from us. Uh -huh. And once my mother said to me, I think it would be kind of nice if we called her Rover. And so we did. did. Music. <laughs>
we do, Fasel? We? Yeah. I thought you were here by yourself. You got to Oh, oh! What can I do for you? I didn't understand. Yeah. I was wondering. Uh, I want to... I'm in town for just a brief few minutes. Oh, yes, I understand. I, I would like to buy a, a, a hat. Yes, what particular hat did you have in mind? I'd like to buy one of these derbies. You mean a bowler? No, I don't bowl with her. I play a little golf with her every once in a while, but that's about the extent of it. <laughs> no, sir, the hat is called a bowler. Oh, the hat? The oh. hat is a bowler. Oh, I didn't... We have various sizes here, and of course, over there, as you see, is our international section. International stickler. That's all. Right. <laughs> ah, look at this. Oh, no, that, no, no, no. Ah, isn't that wonderful? You can do all kinds of jokes with this. Many men smoke, but fool men chew. This will ought to get you. This ought to get you. Well, I keep pumping, Mr. Dillon, but nothing's coming out. <laughs> And then I do other ones like, you know, like impersonations of people like Cary Grant. Hello, my darling, I'll tell you I love you. Yes, I do. Where is all that girl that you tell me about? <laughs> you know, I do all those kind of things. And then, oh, look at that. Ah, a derby. Oh, no. And a, ah, a derby. Oh, 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 I've changed our notion of What they used to be. A rickety-ticky, a rickety-coo. Well, you don't understand. I, you see, I'm an American. Oh, really? I would never have guessed. No, you don't understand. I mean, I'm an American entertainer. So My name is... I'm Sammy Davis Jr. Yes? Yes, and, and I, 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 I do impressions, and I sing, oh. and I dance. Oh. You know, I, I, I... Jerry Lewis? La, 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 la. Good to you, right? No, sir, it is almost time for tea. Now, do you or don't you want a hat? Well, I don't want to spoil your tea time. Will you step into the apartment, please? Uh, that's the apartment? Yes. Mm, we, we, yes. Mm. Now, sir, I think we have a hat. It's the new bra. It's the new bra? Yes. Oh. <coughs> oh, sir. We do have a big head, don't we? <laughs> How would you like a wrap right in your mouth? <laughs> oh, sir. I really think this might be it. You think I might be it? I really do. Uh, let me see. Uh, that's it! Hold it! Don't move! You want me to stay like this the rest of the night? No, sir. I have to give you the last article to make you look like a typically British gentleman. Give me sort of that distingué feeling, don't you think? Oh, it's, it's superb. I mean, do you think it's really right for me? Oh, I do, sir. I mean, really, if you would just glance this way. This is exactly how I came to work today. It's a wonder you weren't arrested. <laughs> I tell you what, seriously, since you've been so kind and so generous to help me... Yes, sir. I was wondering, do you think, since it's hands across the sea and all that sort of thing... Oh, yes. Could we do something together? Oh, let's. Shall we dance? Shall we lay down some leather? Shall we fly? Shall we dance? Shall we make us some music? You and I. On the chance that you must learn to do a step like this. You go first. Because I can't do the cha-cha. This is difficult, like working with Sinatra. Okay, I'll take the chance. 
on the clear understanding that Gene Kelly will not show up. Shall we wail? Shall we fly? Shall we die? Uh, just one second. On the clear understanding that Bruce Forsyth will not show up. Shall we wail? Shall we fly? Shall we take over the entire show, aren't you? Thank you. Now, I'll give you a lesson in tapology. It's your turn now. Go ahead. Now? Now. time, Sir Percy. Even the Scarlet Pimpernel won't save you. Come here, come here. I'm going to give you one more chance, Daddy. Here we go.
he forgot to pay. Scotland has produced many great entertainers in its time. We have now the latest star to be born just over the border. First Royal Variety Show for... Good, good luck to you, mate. Andy Stewart! Come on, then! I've just come down from the Isle of Skye. I'm no very big and I'm awful shy at the lassie show. When I go by here, Donald, where's your trousers? Let the wind blow high, let the wind blow low. Through the streets and my guitar go. All the lassies say hello. Donald, where's your trousers? A lassie took me to a ball and it was slippery in the hall. And I was feared that I would fall, but I had me on my trousers. Let the wind blow high, let the wind blow low. Some fun in the underground. The ladies turned their heads around, saying, Donald, where are your trousers? Let the wind blow high, let the wind blow low. Through the streets in McGill go. All the lasses say, Hello, Donald, where's your trousers? Well, that's the way we sing the song in Scotland, but probably nowadays it would have more international appeal song, something like this. One, two, three, four. Well, man, I got a rock and roll. I got a movie and a movie to see my soul. Grab me till I go, go, go. No, no. Just a minute, man. What do you think you're doing, man? I'm rocking it, man. Man, I'm really moving this old Scotch tune. I will just you stop moving this old Scotch tune. It should be sung exactly like this. Ah, uh, yes, come down from the Isle of Skye I'm no very big and I'm awful shy And the lassies shout when I go by Donald, where's your trousers? Let the wind blow high, let the wind blow low Through the streets and my there go Ah, uh, the lassies say hello Donald, where's your trousers? Donald, well, Donald, where's your Thank you very much. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. May I say how very thrilled I am to be here this evening. I'm also very nervous because this is my first time abroad. <laughs> I knew I was going to be abroad, so I decided to feel at home I would wear the kilt. And I, I do feel at home in the kilt, and I'm very, very glad to know that the wind has dropped down south. We have a, another song in Scotland which goes something like, The Highlandman, he wears the kilt, and when the wind is blowing, he doesn't know where the wind comes from, but he sure knows where it's going. <laughs> And uh, I've got, m most uh, people in England are very interested. I, I wear the kilt and uh, this, is, uh, this is the tartan of my clan. I belong to the Stuart clan. Of course, I'm not the only gentleman in the show who belongs to a clan, but I don't think there's a Sinatra tartan. <laughs> I, uh, I come from a, a town which is uh, not very far away from the very famous city of Aberdeen. 
And if I do one thing in London, I want to dispel this rumor that the people who live in Aberdeen are mean. There's not a word of truth in this. This is a very bad rumor. It actually was spread by the people who live in Aberdeen themselves, just in case anybody wanted to borrow money from them. <laughs> we have the classic example of the two old Aberdonians walking down Union Street. One morning, one turned round to the other. He says, they tell me that Geordie McNabb left 10,000 pounds. His friend says, Geordie McNabb didn't leave 10,000 pounds. He was taken away from it. However, be that as it may, I'd like to sing for you another song. This is a song which I've been very happy to be associated with. It's a song called A Scottish Soldier. soldier who wandered far away and soldiered far away there was none bolder with good broad shoulder he'd fought in money a fray and fought and won he'd seen the glory he told the story of battles glorious and deeds victorious but now he's sighing his heart is crying to leave those green hills of Tyrol because those green hills are not Highland hills or the island hills, they're not Mylands hills and fair as these green foreign hills may be, they are not the hills of old. And now this soldier, this Scottish soldier, who wandered far away and soldiered far away, sees leaves are falling and death is calling and he will fade away in that far land he called his piper his trusty piper and bar him soundly a fever of sad to play upon a hillside but scottish hillside not on those green hills of tyrol because those green hills are not highland hills or the island hills they're not mylands hills and fair as these green Foreign hills may be, they are not the hills of old. And now this soldier, this Scottish soldier, will wander far no more, and soldier far no more, and on a hillside, a Scottish hillside, you'll see a piper play his soldier home. He's seen the glory, he's told the story of battles glorious and victorious. The bugles cease now, he is at peace now, far from those green hills of Tyrol.
Because those green hills are not highland hills or the island hills. They're not my land's hills and fair as these green foreign hills may be. They are not the hills of home. Oh no, those green hills are not highland hills or the island hills. They're not my land's hills and fair as these green foreign hills may be. They are not the Well, I'm a one. 
It was really something to look forward to. You know, there's so many stars in the show tonight and the running order has been changed so many times that I really haven't got the foggiest idea who's coming on next. You know, so if, you, if you don't mind, I, I'd just like to have a look to the side and see who it is. Oh, it, it's... Oh, good. Oh, fine. Lovely, lovely. Now, I know you're going to enjoy, ladies and gentlemen, Arthur Haynes. I'm sorry about you. You've made a bloomer. Well, why? I've been on in the first half. Were you really? Well, of course I was. You well, know I didn't me. announce you, did I? Yeah, where did you get to? Well, uh, well, I... Uh, well, I saw you standing there doing this, doing this. Well, you were doing it to me, so I thought I'd do it properly. <laughs> There's no need to be rude about it, is it? Well, look, um, well, you were standing there. Well, I was just side. having a look. I was having a look. I'm entitled to have a look. Well, you haven't helped me at all. You see, I want to find out who's, uh, who's on next. Who's well, on you next? should read the programme. You'll find out who's on next. They're on the, on the side. Oh, the two boys. is it the two boys? It's Morecambe and Wise. Come on, boy. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, wait, it's not us. Oh. No, we were on in the first half. We were, were we? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> were you mean? Were you? I didn't see. On well, the first half. Yeah. yeah. Just a minute. <laughs> you didn't say you were going to say that, did you? I no. held that back. I held it back. I've got a whole shot yes, of yeah. He's built his part up now, ain't he? I'll say he's built his part up. Give them one line and they go I mad. Get one in, you well, know. Get one in. I don't know. Hey, maybe what? it's the interval now. No, it can't be the interval. Can't, can't be the interval. Well, we why not? How are we going to find out? Well, it could the be interval. the interval. You never know. We were on in the first half. We were on in the first half. Come on. It's not the interval, no. They've all been having a drink, wouldn't they? They've all been having a drink. Yeah, they've all been having a drink. Yeah, that's a good idea. What? Let's go and have a drink. Yeah, good idea. Oh, no. Oh. We're going to find out who's on there. I've got an idea. Tell you what, look. You two make your minds. You two make your minds go blank. Make your minds go blank. You two. I know my head's getting in the way again. I know, yeah. All right, you two make your minds go blank. Us two. Yeah. What about him? He's all right as he is. Yeah, I know, you're at the first half, yes. Building it up. Right. <laughs> now then, your minds are complete blank. Now, what are you thinking about? A girl. Oh, he would go and muck it up. Have you ever thought of a girl before? Only once. When was that? Well, I was only in the first <laughs> half. <laughs> well, look, what is... Get out of it. 
thinking about? Two girls. Joe, you're just as bad. And what are you thinking about? Three girls. Three girls. Have you ever thought about girls before? Only once. When was that? When he was on in the first... Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, that's it. Three, I've got it. I've got it. We're ready. Three girls. Three girls. Three girls. Yes. My love, ladies and gentlemen, the Maguire sisters. <laughs> Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, and good evening, everybody. In an effort to find something other than rock and roll, and we do believe there are other things, we'd like to sing... Thank you, Elvis. <laughs> we'd like to sing our version of a beautiful old song, and of course, with a name like McGuire, the song would have to be Danny Boy. Oh. 
to introduce the last star but it is so completely unnecessary just play a little of the music Harold will you Ladies and gentlemen, after the crazy gang, 
it must uh, seem strange for you to see an old man who is reasonable, you see. <laughs> you know, ladies and gentlemen, I, I was very touched when I was asked to come and appear tonight because I have been appearing for the royal family for such a long, long time, you see. I think the first time goes back to uh, King Edward VII when he came to Paris, you see. <laughs> and since then, very often I've been singing for the King and the Queen. And to feel that I've been asked tonight uh, has made me very, very happy and uh, also a little bit uh, hoping, you see, hoping that maybe one day, if I have a little luck, I could sing for uh, Prince Charles, you see? <laughs> Who knows? And maybe, maybe, maybe for his descendants. Who knows? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, anyhow, it's a great honor and I appreciate, appreciate it terribly. I'm going to sing a song that uh, I'm sure that some of you must have heard uh, somewhere since uh, two or three years. Each time I see a little girl of five or six or seven, I can't resist the joyous urge to smile and say thank heaven for little girl. For little girl, get bigger every day. Thank heaven for little girl. They grow up in the most delightful way. Those little eyes, so helpless and appealing, one day will flash and send you crashing through the ceiling. Thank heaven for little girl. Thank heaven for them all, no matter where, no matter who. Without them, what would little boy do? <laughs> thank heaven, <laughs> thank heaven, thank heaven for little girl. Ladies and gentlemen, in America, when I do my one-man show, I always end my act by a song to pay homage to all the ladies in the audience because they have been kind and friendly. For that, I have chosen an American song that is very cute, that is very charming, and which is a sort of, a, of the best compliment that a man can make to a lady. So tonight, uh, I'm going to pay first uh, my homage to the most uh, important lady in the audience, and then uh, I'll sing it to all the other ladies in the theater, eh? So, Your Majesty, with all my respect, all my admiration and all the love that all the people 
of my country have for you. Please, allow me to sing to you in this time when a new great little one is enriching your family. Please, let me sing to you. You must have been a beautiful baby. You must have been a wonderful time. When you were only starting to go to kindergarten, I bet you drove the little boys wild. And when it came to winning blue ribbons, you must have shown the other kids how. <laughs> I can see the judges' eyes when they handed you the prize. I bet you made the cutest bow. Oh, you must have been a beautiful baby, cause majesty, look at you now. You must have been some beautiful baby. You must have been some wonderful child, children, when you were only starting to go to kindergarten. I bet you drove the little boys wild. And when it came to winning blue ribbons, <laughs> you must have shown the other kids how I can see the judge's eyes. When they handed you the prize, I bet you made the cutest bow. Oh, you're having some beautiful babies. Cause ladies, look at you now. Oh, you must have been some beautiful babies. Cause ladies, oh, look at you Ladies and gentlemen, now the finale. Here are all the artists that have entertained you this evening.
Your Majesty, Your Royal Highnesses, my lords, ladies and gentlemen, Sir Alan Herbert has written a few words, especially for tonight, and it's my honour to read them to you. For 50 years, the new mechanic age has done its best to drive us from the stage. We can be photographed, recorded, canned, and sent to every dwelling in the land. Why should the citizen attend the star? He's got her in the kitchen or the car. Yet the old stage still lingers in the land, and here, miraculously, man, we stand. Ladies and gentlemen, our thanks to you for kindly coming and for staying too. You have, be sure, put better days in store for good old players who can play no more. Your Majesty, dear mother of the Queen, you can bring sunshine into any scene. Your smile that is the world's delight. How proud are we that you have smiled tonight.